What's up, everybody? Back by popular demand, it's the Gas and Go podcast, your favorite NASCAR fan podcast. I'm your host and crew chief, Garrett. I've got the rest of the crew with me here, and we'll bring them in in just a second. But first, got to give a special shout out to The Racing Warehouse. This episode is once again brought to you by our friends in Lowell, North Carolina, and online at theracingwarehouse.com. All right, it's good to be here. A lot to talk about once again this week. We've got special guest Brandon Brown, driver of the number 68 car in the Xfinity Series. Stay tuned, coming up in stage one, to find out a lot about Brandon's journey and why he chose to drive the number 68. We're also going to talk about all of the new paint schemes that dropped this past week, give you our favorites and not favorites, and finally, real quick before we get going, got to give a congrats to Kyle Larson for winning his second consecutive Chili Bowl. It was a blast watching that on Saturday. We're pretty bummed our guy Casey Kane got caught up in an accident that really wasn't his fault at all, ended his night early, but that's okay. We still love and appreciate Casey for coming on the podcast. We'll always be fans. We got a lot of really, really nice comments about that one. And, and fans that really, frankly, hadn't heard much from Casey in a while, reliving some of his glory days and just, you know, it's nice to hear his voice again. So thanks for all those comments. I do have to share this nice note we got from at MamaDoc19701. MamaDoc says, I would love for Casey Kane to be able to race NASCAR again. I'm glad he is happy where he is now. Best interview I have heard from him in a long time. That one made our day. So thanks, Mama Doc, for that one. Uh, we, we loved our time with Casey as well. Okay, without further ado, let's get the boys in here. Our starting lineup always begins with the gas man, Dave, a.k.a. Papa Bear. Dave, what's going on? I'm going to throw around some questions this week that have been answered by others, but we still want to know what the rest of the crew thinks about these questions. So your question this week is, what is your favorite tailgate food? Whew. There are so many excellent tailgate foods. Fried chicken is a staple, but this is going to come maybe a little out of left field to some of our listeners. A deep fried whole turkey is going to be my favorite tailgate food. We've done it a few times. It's not maybe traditional, but when you're spending hours and hours in a lots, a 15-pound turkey and some 325-degree peanut oil always hits the spot. That's a good call. That was a nice one. That's a gas-and-go special is doing the entire turkey deep-fried at a tailgate. So if you ever see us uh, around Thanksgiving time at a football game in the parking lot, come get you some turkey. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, next up is our analytics guru, Ryan, a.k.a. Rhino. Rhino, do you prefer Mexican or Chinese food? Ooh, I love the good sesame chicken, but I'm going to go with Mexican food. A nice chimichanga goes a long way in my book, so sign me up for the Mexican, especially Tex-Mex, too. Fried ice cream, oh, the best. <laughs> Fried ice cream is delicious. Maybe we'll do that next, along with the turkey next year. That'd be awesome. <laughs> all right, we got the five greatest jackmen of all time, Dylon, 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 and Dylon. Dill, what manufacturer besides Chevy, Ford, and Toyota would you like to see enter NASCAR? Interesting, interesting. Honestly, one place that I think would be 
kind of neat to see NASCAR go, maybe not full blown into the cup series, but some sort of electronic, they're already going next gen, maybe like a Tesla, maybe even like a Volkswagen come in and something like that. I think I could be into something. You just try it out, see how it goes. doesn't have to be a full blown, but that could be cool. Can we put yeah. Dylan timeout? Did I hear him say electric? <laughs> Love the answer, Dale. Next gen, it- maybe. <laughs> Bill's going to get canceled off on this episode. <laughs> He's, we won't put that one out on Twitter. <laughs> I want to see the Prius in a race. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got last but not least, our eyes in the sky, Spotter Cons, who is now on Twitter at Spotter Cons, C-O-N-S. Cons, would you rather take an RV down to Daytona for the entire week of the 500 or take an RV around the country for every other race? Damn, that is a great question. Ah, man. I'm going to go RV around the country as long as it is with the rest of the Gas and Go crew. I (laughs) I want us to get real close and comfortable together for, what is that, like uh, four or five months for out of the year? And we can hit Daytona in the middle in, in July when, when they come back to it. So I want, I want the whole whole season. That could be the end of Gassigo right there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. Plus you get down to Talladega and Bristol out west a little bit. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. All right, Dave, what you got for me this week? That would be a make or break trip there for sure. We would either go big or, or go home, I think, at that point. But all right, I know you were up late with us watching the Chili Bowl Nationals this past weekend. Uh, There was a lot to like, a lot of takeaways. But if you could take one thing from the Chili Bowl Nationals and bring it to NASCAR, what would it be? Uh, This probably wouldn't work at all, but the fact that anybody can enter the race at the Chili Bowl is just amazing. (laughs) Like, I'm, I'm thinking about entering next year. No qualifications, no reason to be there. But I'm allowed to. Yeah, just need a car. You already got a crew. Yeah, exactly. How about the guy that's waving the checkered flag? It's just like down on the track, and they're like 30 inches from him flying by. I want to see that in an NASCAR race. <laughs> yeah, that flag man's uh, <laughs> a brave man. Yeah, I thought Martinsville's backstretch was close to the action, but it's got nothing on the Chili Bowl. That's I would great. just like to see Garrett's qualifications on the bottom third when he's, uh, you know, going around, you know, started NASCAR podcast. You, you know, that, that's all he's got to his name. But he's ready to go. We've got one car hugging the fence on the outside going 15 <laughs> miles per hour. Hey, man, I'm out there, though. <laughs> we would have to get a sponsor for under the car for when you, like, flip. That, that right. would be good. <laughs> that's a good That'd one. That would be pretty good. <laughs> All right, well, let's get moving on into stage one here. And Brandon Brown, DW, fired up. Boogity, boogity, boogity. Let's go racing, boys. Boys, I'm excited for everyone to hear this one. It was a great conversation we had with Brandon Brown, a playoff driver in the Xfinity Series last year, a Virginian, an all-around good dude. I even let the crew get in some questions here. So let's hit play. And as always, we'll see you on the other side. Gas and Go Nation, I'm very excited to bring in our special guest this week, a Gas and Go favorite, fellow Virginian, driver of the number 68 Brandon Built Motorsports Chevrolet Camaro, a 2020 Xfinity playoff driver, Brandon Brown. 
Brandon, welcome to the Gas and Go podcast. Is this the most exciting part of your week? Honestly, yeah, because uh, there's just not a whole, there's not a lot going on to be honest with you. Hell yeah, so, man! Uh, well, we're exciting guys, and you're exciting driver, so it's a match made in heaven here. There it is. Uh, well, I mean, how's your off season going, man? And how's how's the prep for 2021 going? Well, um, honestly, it's just been spent uh, a lot of time. I did uh, the last couple weeks with family, uh, just kind of making the rounds to see everybody that I normally couldn't see throughout the year, both because of our schedule and then also the uh, pandemic that was going on. So uh, it was nice to do that, but we've been kind of hard, you know, nose to the grindstone, trying to find partnership for 2021, get some cool colors on the car this season uh, so that we don't don't have to show up uh, blank after a, a playoff season, you know. So we, uh, we're working hard at that, and uh, I won't say that it's enjoyable. It, it is if you get it, um, but it, when you don't, it's not. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, no, just – kind of doing that. And then some of the weekend time, just doing some off season activities, going and seeing friends or going, uh, doing some snowboarding, uh, just trying to stay active. Mainly I picked up bicycling like the real drivers (laughs) (laughs) trying trying to figure out how that stuff works. I'm really bad at it. I think, I think I'm bad at riding a bike. I don't know. I just get tired. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. I I always see the uh, different drivers on Twitter or Instagram or whatever. They're always riding bikes. It seems like the in vogue thing to do these days <laughs> yeah no doubt i uh i definitely would would post about it more but i just i i don't know if it's me i just i don't look good in that like bike suit thing like i look terrible um i i rock a mean camel toe so like, <laughs> it's it's something that i kind of like i'm like okay i'm gonna train with this in private maybe like some douchey shirtless pics after if I get good results (laughs) I I gotta be honest I don't know if I've ever seen anyone that does look good in one of those bike suits but everyone just like rocks it like they think they're the coolest guy you know out there yeah no yeah I I see that a lot on uh, some other drivers uh, social media feeds I'm like you you share that yeah Yeah. okay I mean I guess I I guess if you have like a girlfriend wife or something it doesn't really matter like you're already locked down no need to impress other people but like for me I'm like ah this might like you know yeah swipe, well, they're gonna start swiping left on that like what you gotta <laughs> do you gotta you gotta rock the fire suit on that thing man that's the play oh, right there <laughs> there yes that's it i i want i want people to like pass by me and double take like what yeah <laughs> is that a fire retardant suit for a non-motorized vehicle yes yes it yeah. is thank you for noticing <laughs> that guy's gotta be going fast if he's got the fire suit on the bike that's you know <laughs> Honestly, might as well just include the helmet and Hans device at that point. You know, there you go. it's going to make it tough in traffic, like not looking where cars are, but it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get back to cars. Um, you made the playoffs in 2020. How does the 68 car improve on that? Um, more speed. And uh, I know that sounds obvious uh, and kind of dumb, but really and truly it's uh it's it's what we're gonna have to find uh we have to continually keep searching for more speed and uh i can guarantee that there's two to three tenths left in the driver there's you know two to three tenths left in the car just you know putting that both of those together is going to be crucial finding that speed on pit road um hiring a new pit crew for this year so we're really excited to uh to partner with um the uh rcr teams and their their pit crews. Uh, it's actually Richard Petty's uh, group, so oh, wow. it'll be exciting to find some speed there because every 
you know, every position counts. It's, you know, it's a huge difference maker when you uh, don't have to repass cars after losing it on pit road. I think our 2020 pit crew uh, program was fantastic. I was extremely happy with them and we kept growing together. Um, it's just this year uh, ownership found a better deal. So made the switch. I'm excited. Um, it, there's just going to be a lot of talent in the Xfinity series this year. Uh, a lot of teams that are coming up, uh, a lot of teams like, you know, adding cars, uh, bringing over people like Santino Ferrucci. I can't imagine that he's going to, do bad in the Xfinity series and he's going to be in some, uh, some fairly stout equipment. So all in all, it's, uh, you know, we're going to have to find some more speed to, to repeat our performance and get into the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point about the, the other drivers and cars. Actually, I mean, you might be reading my sheet here, but that's one of the questions I had was all the talent currently in Xfinity series, including yourself. Mm-hmm. And then all the guys, you know, like Daniel Hemrick, Jeb Burden, who are getting those full-time rides, uh, whereas last year they were sort of splitting, uh, mm-hmm. and, and then you mentioned uh, drivers coming in. I mean, does that competition fuel you? Or are you like excited to get on the track with those guys, or 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 is it a little bit concerning? Yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm actually I'm excited, uh, you know, because it it really shows like it, it tests you and and your progress, uh, what you're doing. You know, when you look at somebody like Daniel Hemrick or Jeb Burton, they're both experienced drivers uh, running you know, Daniel running full season in the trucks before going to cup, he was an Xfinity. He's been with stout programs. He knows how to, you know, what he's doing there. So, uh, him teaming up with Joe Gibbs is going to be, you know, something dangerous. It's something that they're going to be contending for wins. And, uh, you know, so it just, that adds another bump in the, uh, in the playoff spot where, you know, now you have three colleague cars going for playoffs. you you have AJ Allmendinger, a seasoned vet. You got Jeb Burton who he's, uh, you know, he's always been a threat behind the wheel, you know, somebody that's run very stout, especially when we get to short tracks, which is where I love to go. So, um, you know, it, it'll be nice to get that extra competition in there. I mean, can't really be scared of it. And, you know, cause it, you're in the top of, uh, you're in the upper echelon of racing and of circle track racing. So you got to look forward to the competition. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it'll be awesome to see out there with, with you know, the guys you've already run against and, and now some new guys in there. Um, but I, I want to get back on onto 2020 real quick and, and ask you about Brain and Built Motorsports. Was, was making the playoffs in 2020 ahead of schedule for you guys? Or were you guys going into 2020 sort of thinking like, hey, you know, if we run as well as we think we are, we, we could be there? Well, um, honest to goodness, when we started out the year, I, I looked at uh, our team owners, uh, David Clark and then my father, uh, Jerry Brown. I looked at them because we had purchased uh, two or three RCR cars uh, to begin the season. And one of them was, uh, it still had its red spoiler on it. And I looked at them and I was like, hey guys, might as well just keep that thing red. You know, I think that's what we can do this year totally being sarcastic, like not, you know, like, but trying to, you know, just have a little confidence with it. Um, so I didn't really expect that we were going to do that. Uh, Brandon, but Motorsports was strongly contending to be a top 15 team for sure. Um, a top 10 would have been, you know, a really good day because, uh, I mean, felt like last year we were the king of 11th place. <laughs> um, but it, it's, you know, we were, we were looking to compete against those top teams, your Gibbs, colleague, RCR, uh, 
you know, that type of team. Um, but we wanted to be better than the rest. Uh, so the teams that we felt we were more on a even playing field when it came to the spending part. Um, so you said uh, RCR is helping you out with uh, pit crews this year. Are they going to help you out with engines again like they did in the end of 2020? Yeah, so we're uh, we're going to pick up a couple more um, rental races, we'll call them, where, we, where we're leasing the motors. Uh, just trying to stay more competitive, uh, especially with the you know, amount of strong teams this year, it's going to be crucial. And, you know, it's, it's almost like doing that, you know, if we had done that last year, we look at it like, Oh, would this have stepped us up even more? Would we have competed around the same? Um, But coming into 2021, it's almost like, is this going to put us at ground zero? Is this going to put us flatline with everyone else? Right. And then it's going to be up to us to put it together. So um, we're working with RCR as much as we can um, and team Chevy. So trying to continue up that up that ladder, uh, trying to to gain time with them and and their respect as a as a competitor that you know if they work with us that we're going to bring them results and I think that falls on uh, not just me but the Brandenburg Motorsports guys, uh, Doug Randolph, RB, everybody that's you know taking a leadership role at the track and and doing the, the shot calling. Yeah, so you were saying that your dad owns Brandon Built along with uh, some other folks. Do you have to do some ownership-related things at the track that maybe other drivers don't have to necessarily worry about? Sometimes. Um, you know, especially when it came to this year uh, or this past year, 2020, because of the limited roster that we could have at the track. And that kind of made me the... Uh, Kind of like the I don't know the facto owner spokesperson <laughs> yeah. yeah like the, the spokesperson that just kind of if something was going on that they would approach but um, they more kind of went to Doug uh, just because of his relationship with a lot of the officials uh, it was easier to talk to him um, but then when it came to things like making sure that everybody's been you know paid for their job and everything they they would either come to me or a gentleman on our team Colin Fern so. Uh, a lot of it was just kind of, you know, it wasn't really, I wouldn't say that I took a, like a, an owner's role, but I kind of became the messenger for some stuff, uh, right. which doubtful that other drivers were having to do, but you know, I, I couldn't speak for them just cause I have never asked. <laughs> Brandon, I guess, I mean, when you talk about being the owner and you, you mentioned earlier in the interview about, you know, the work you're doing to try to grab some new partners um, you had some great sponsors on the car last year, including your alma mater, Coastal Carolina. Uh, anyone new that we should be on the lookout for that you can announce? <laughs> uh, I wish. Um, I wish I could get to that announcement part. We're we're working on it. I think we'll we'll have a uh, some pretty good, a pretty good lineup for this season. Um, a lot of sponsors that are returning. Uh, so I'm excited about that. Uh, you know, there were a few partners that kind of told me, you know, COVID really hurt uh, business wise. So, you know, I'm going to still continue to work with them in some way, shape or form to keep them involved. Uh, just because it, you know, it marketing and NASCAR are still, I mean, contrary to popular belief, it works. So, uh, we, we've been able to put partners together with, uh, with, with some other organizations that's, that's helped them. Um, but just, you know, now we gotta, now we gotta continue to help them. Uh, in their time of need is a, a show of goodwill so that when things bounce back, we'll be able to work with them. Um, 
and then hoping that some of the smaller partners from this season are going to grow uh, within us, within our organization too. Yeah, that'd be cool to, uh, you know, give, you know, see those companies that you're helping sort of take that next step in their business. That's a good way to start. Um, But how how does this sponsor search work for you? I mean, I know how it works for us. It's a lot of knocking and emailing with no responses. Uh, Are you just, I mean, are you just always sort of out on the lookout for partners or uh, are you doing a lot of like just business development meetings? How how does that work? I mean, what, what process do you go through? Well, um, right now at this part of the season, uh, usually it's, you know, this time of year that you're getting everything closed up and buttoning up for the season, but it just seems that everything, you know, not to beat the dead horse, but everything with COVID's kind of slowed companies down. Um, decision-making processes have been taking longer, trying to get answers takes longer. Uh, so that's kind of a bummer. So right now we're still actually just kind of, you know, it's it's looking at any and all brands, companies that, you know, that catch your eye. And uh, something as simple as looking around your room and being like, oh, I use that product. Actually, let me see if they have an interest in NASCAR. And it's going online, either messaging them through their social media platforms, trying to connect with them through LinkedIn, uh, getting any way, shape or form of a contact, and then kind of doing a quick elevator pitch to them about what do you think of this idea? And, uh, you know, because obviously when you market with somebody or they're your partner in NASCAR or a sponsor, you're, you have to make it make sense for them because nowadays it's so much cheaper for them to just go and run an ad on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, uh, than it is to actually partner with a race team, an organization, or just a driver themselves. Um, so you have to prove as to why you're going to be so much more effective than just an ad that people are going to look at and then scroll past. Uh, so the big thing is just kind of, you know, shooting your shot everywhere, everything from the mom and pop stores to the large corporations. It's whoever you can kind of make a a connection with. Yeah. So did you major in like marketing or business at coastal Carolina? I mean, what, what's your sort of background? Are you just learning on the fly? I mean, cause I didn't do marketing or, or business in college and I've been, I've been doing a lot of the things you're talking about. I know how it feels. <laughs> yeah, no, I actually, uh, my major was, uh, communication. Um, uh, my minor was marketing. Um, it was just one of those things that I actually really enjoyed, uh, the courses that I was in. Uh, I mean, it, it kind of taught me a lot about the things that you deal with, you know, because for me, when it was like made, like when I was taking the marketing classes in the the business school of marketing, it was a lot of, you know, how it, it was good insight, learning how corporations work, how to position, how they position themselves in, you know, real life and stores and social media, all that, which was good. But I leaned a little more towards the communication aspect of, you know, what they're trying to communicate and being able to kind of form my own ideas on uh, when I pitch to a partner, you know, hey, this would be a good play to, you know, X, Y, and Z position ourselves this way. So I felt like I got a good mixture of both, but a lot of the things that you learn uh, in that major, it's just, you're more or less learning the lingo, how to compose yourself in that setting. But uh, there's nothing that really prepares you for the real world more than just trial by fire, just doing it, just hitting the pavement and, you know, cause you, you don't, you, they don't tell you, Hey, by the way, prepare to get, you know, if you're sp- searching for sponsors, prepare for 1000 no's before you get a single yes. So 
uh, don't take it personal, but they're probably just not going to answer you. You know, it's, it's easier to just click delete than it is to write somebody back and say, no, thank you. Um, so a lot of it for me has been, you know, because all it's always adapting, it's always changing. So adapt or die, I guess, when it comes to this stuff. Uh, and you know, you kind of get a hint of that. And a lot of my, you know, professors from coastal were really good about, uh, preparing us in that way of telling us that everything's always changing. So what we learn and what we can do now might not work in the next 10 years. So, I mean, example was in the early, late nineties, early two thousands, it was a ton of magazine ads, ads coming to your mailbox, you know, coupons, whatever, where you still see that a little bit, but now it's everybody's throwing you ads on social media. They're throwing ads on TV. They're, yeah. you know, everything is adapting. So it's figuring out how it adapted and then how it, you can apply it to what you're doing is yeah. uh, kind of been the biggest takeaway of it. Yeah. I'm sure that adds a lot of stress to also trying to make the playoffs again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get a race a car bit. driver. <laughs> um, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, so Brandon, I, I assume for you, the ultimate goal is to get into, is get into the cup series. Mm-hmm. What is your path to getting there look like? Like what is it with brain and bill? Like, let's say Joe Gibbs racing or junior motorsports comes to you next year and says, you know, we, we like what you're doing out there on the track. Why don't you come over here to our shop? Yeah. Um, you know, the, the path is definitely, uh, you know, it's wild. Uh, so Brandenbilt Motorsports, uh, I, I'd have to say, you know, we want to take it and uh, they've asked me, would I rather go run, you know, a mid to rear pack cup car or be competitive in the Xfinity series? I'll take competitive in the Xfinity series 10 times out of 10. Mm-hmm. Um, just the opportunity to race for wins again would be phenomenal. Um, but to say if, you know, I was approached by a Childress, a uh, Hendrick or somebody that said, Hey, we want you to run a competitive, high competitive cup car. Um, and I were to, you know, accept that offer Brandon Motorsports was created as an opera as the, uh, we want it to be that, you know, if I'm not in there, we want it to be that strong middle ground team with the ability to go up so that you're not, you know, you don't necessarily have to start with, you know, $4 million or whatever it is to get into a top car. You know, if you you don't have quite that much, but you want to run better than some of the teams that just kind of show up, uh, we wanted to be that middle stepping stone and, and kind of can like for now to continue growing. Um, a lot of the a lot of the teams, you know, life dependency is going to be on sponsorship, whether it's with me finding sponsors or if somebody else came in and said, hey, I want to run the 68. I have X amount of dollars. And, uh, you know, they, they would look that way. Um, cause at the end of the day, Brandon Motorsports is still a business and, uh, you know, it sadly doesn't survive off friendship, <laughs> um, <laughs> which kind of sucks, but no, uh, if, if we were to, you know, if I were, I, I, I couldn't ever, you know, lateral or step down from Brandon Motorsports just because it's our family team and something we've worked really hard to build. Um, but with an impending better opportunity, uh, you know, I would try to make that step in my career and then, you know, also help work with Brain Development Motorsports on finding a funded driver or uh, helping them compete in any way I can. So 
Uh, it's kind of a hard question, you know, yeah. uh, no, it is. I mean, if that opportunity comes up, I don't know. Honestly, I might freeze for a second and be like, uh, <laughs> Hey guys, <laughs> quick question. Yeah. I mean, you know, well, it, I, I like that the here that the sort of structure of brand and build is, is to maintain that and keep it going. Cause I, I think a lot of, you know, guys like us who are just like, just like the underdog story and like guys out there that grind and, and, and do something for themselves. We like rooting for, for guys like you and, and your team. So it's, it's awesome to see the Appreciate success that. you have. We, we hope you continue it. Um, but let's, let's move along, along a little bit here. We're going to stick to racing, but break out of the, the, the so serious questions. Let's lighten it up a little there bit. <laughs> uh, my first question is, why 68? Okay. Um, I feel like there's a second part to that question <laughs> that everybody else asks. I, I'm not going to do any math, but yes. why not 69 no um yeah no i uh i actually the first go-kart that uh my dad and i ever got it came with the number 68 uh we bought it and it was at king george speedway it was a shadow go-kart um and it came with the number and you know dad was like do you want to change it to anything and i was like no nobody runs it in nascar so then i'd be allowed to run it for the rest of my life you know saying that as a nine-year-old like yeah, uh, but I don't know. I guess you could kind of look at that as looking ahead, but not really. It was just like, okay, this one's mine and all mine. I was being selfish. Um, but that that's kind of the reason why uh, we were able to carry it all the way through late models. And then uh, the truck series, somebody had 68 and they weren't going to give it up. So we had to uh, flip it to the 86. So not terribly mad about that. Um, but it was awesome to to have the chance last year to bring the 68 back and then find success with it. That's really cool. And it's, you know, you could call it selfish, right? But to, to get a go-kart at nine and decide that's just your number forever is pretty cool. Yeah. You may not know this about our podcast, but we were actually assigned our Twitter handle at podcast gas. And we decided from the jump, that was just going to be our Twitter handle. We were just going to run with it. So I have a lot of respect for you just taking that number and going with it. Nice. Yeah. Dave's being nice on the Twitter handle. That was uh, that was a mistake, but yes, we weren't given the, the name. Podcast gas, baby. There you go. <laughs> yes, sir. So uh, we both grew up in Virginia. Our podcast is largely That's based funny. in Virginia, yeah, uh, but, but different parts of the state. Um, so like I grew up near Southside Speedway, RIR. What was your home track? Where would you go to watch races? So Richmond Raceway would have been my home track. I grew up uh, northern Virginia in Woodbridge. Uh, about 25-ish miles south of D.C. Yep. yep. Um, so, you know, growing up racing, I raced go-karts at King George Speedway and then down to Ashland, Virginia, uh, at a place called Capital City Speedway, nice. uh, Amelia Motor Raceway, all those places. Um, but the late models, I my home track was Old Dominion Speedway, which no longer exists. They have the okay. Dominion Raceway now, but... right. Um, no, mine was Old Dominion Speedway in Manassas, Virginia, because it was about 20 minutes from my house. Okay. Cool. Um, and I, I guess I'll even apology. I asked where you went to watch races because that's what I used to do. But I guess where did oh. you go to, to learn to race? Yeah. Where did you yeah. Go to drive a race um, car? So. No, I mean, I went down to Richmond Raceway quite a few times to go watch. Um, my first ever race was actually a, uh, well, at the time it was a Bush Series race uh at richmond raceway and you know I, I hadn't really gotten a chance to go to watch the cup series uh as a kid as much i used to have to watch it on tv but uh sometimes my dad with his business you know would would uh 
you know, go with um, friends or clients or, or people that he works with and down to the racetrack. And uh, it was cool to be able to sit in the grandstands and watch. And it's really nostalgic and, you know, kind of different looking when, uh, when you show up and you're in the infield and you look out and you look up at the grandstand, it's like, yeah, I used to sit right there <laughs> and, yeah, and I, watch these guys. So it's, uh, be very it's a surreal. cool feeling. Absolutely. And so, I mean, I guess you kind of touched on this with, with having a go-kart at nine and deciding that was going to be your number. But when did you realize you were pretty good behind the wheel? What was your first win or, or moment that you said, I'm a good driver. This is what I want to do. Um, honest to goodness, uh, I'd say the first win that really struck home was uh, we ran a series when I was a kid, it was called the VDKA series. It was the Virginia dirt karting association. And the winner of the race used to get a trophy. It was a golden Eagle as a trophy. And, you know, you got that, a wind sticker, and then the series champion would get a leather jacket. And to me, I was just looking at it like, Oh, I have to have an Eagle. I have to have a leather jacket. Like that looks so cool. Like, you know, I see the other drivers walk up to the, like to the grid with it. I was like, Oh, like, that's so awesome. Like, you know, as a little kid, that's like, that's what I was looking at. And, uh, you know, so when, when we raced, I think it was a capital city speedway. I'd got my first state win and I got an Eagle and I was, you know, I was, you know, I didn't care about lifting the card up on the stand and going to tech. I was trying to run over to the trophy room, like give my Eagle. <laughs> yeah, man, you've been chasing. Fine. Yeah. That's um, awesome. So I'd say that was the first time that I'd won a race that, that like I'd won. And it was something that I was like extremely excited about. Um, I don't know if I would have, I would have thought like, you know, damn, I'm good. <laughs> uh, more than just like, I, it felt like I had accomplished something. Um, you know, I'm, I, I, th- I feel like the damn I'm good race would come if I, if I won something like Daytona then then maybe, but, uh, but no, it's, a. Uh, it was, that was, that was a, an awesome, uh, experience for a win. Very cool. Yeah. That's not, that's an awesome story. And, um, I'm going to flip it around on you here a little bit. We're going to do a little rapid fire if you're cool with that. Absolutely. All right. So the first question I have is, did you ever crash Clay Greenfield for not giving you the 68 in the book, in the uh, truck series? <laughs> no, no, okay. I was, I was actually more mad about it. Cause he wasn't even running a full season or anything. He was, he was like running super speedways only that year. And I was like, come on, man. Like you wanted that number for like two races. Like seriously, like, <laughs> but no. there's a, a follow up there. What is Clay Greenfield doing these days? I think so. I think he's still in trucks. I think he's got like a, a super team, like super late model and like a, a truck series team. There was a while while I followed him. And I was like, you know, I should give my number, but, um, no, uh, you know, I, I don't really, and truly, I, uh, I don't really know the guy too well. I just, we're going to have him on next him. week, but, uh, <laughs> I, I just emailed him. We canceled. So we're looking he's at, actually, he's actually in the yeah. waiting room. We're going to bring him in. <laughs> yeah, no, that would be funny. That would be funny. No, no, we'll, we'll go boom at his next race for sure. But, um, <laughs> all right. So what is your favorite college team outside of coastal Carolina? Hmm. Uh, uh, so I guess, I mean, I just kind of grew up my family, uh, my cousins and stuff. They're all Virginia tech Hokies fans. So that's kind of the team that we grew up watching. So, oh yeah, perfect. yeah, I'd say the Hokies. Yeah. We all, we all went to tech. So that was a perfect answer. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah. TikTok, Twitter, or Instagram. 
like which one do I spend the most time on? Sure. Because uh, I mean, I fall down that black hole of TikTok where I'll just <laughs> lay in my bed. Like I don't make them, uh, just because like I feel like I have some funny ideas, but TikTok, like the things that are funny, are pretty edgy. Uh, the ones that get hits. So, you know, it, it, it just doesn't seem like the climate to try and be edgy right now and trying to find sponsors. Uh, I'm a little worried on that one just cause, uh, I don't want to get canceled or anything. I understand that. That's a good answer. Okay. Uh, beach or mountains and to be more specific, Virginia beach or Shenandoah mountains. Ooh, loaded question. Uh, so I went to school at the beach and I loved it. Um, but now I live closer to the mountains. Uh, so this season I'll say mountains cause I love snowboarding. Uh, so, and actually I, I hiked up in Shenandoah quite a bit. It's beautiful out there. So uh, I'll go with mountains. All right. Mark it down for mountains. Um, okay. Here's a good one. Have you ever been in a long green flag run and forgot where you were on the track? Um, so like there's been races where it's been really long green flag runs, not a lot changes, you know, super speedway racing or some of the mile and a half where it's just uh, re- redundant on what you're doing. And if you ask me what happened from lap, you know, 120 to 150, I'd be like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> you know, looking back now, like during the race, you know, it's constant communication back and forth as to what's going on. But now I sometimes you feel that, but, uh, but no, there have been times during green flag runs where, uh, like at the road courses, where you're like, okay, you know, next turn coming up, sharp left hander, and then you see it turned right, and you're like, what? <laughs> uh, you know, just because they were tracks that I was not familiar with, and you know, the only uh, laps I had at it was on i racing. So there's uh, been some of those, but uh, no, other than that, usually, usually we're uh, somewhat focused. Uh, you know, my. ADD doctor would be proud to hear that, but <laughs> good answer. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Popeyes or Chick-fil-A for chicken sandwiches? Oh, Chick-fil-A. Wow. Okay. Original or barbecue chips? <sighs> barbecue. Soup or salad? Soup. Steak or, bu- or burger? Mm, steak. Morning or night person? night person (laughs) (laughs) favorite hobby outside of racing uh probably four-wheeling i I really enjoy that go out uh trail riding and mudding um it's a lot of fun um it's more fun to do it like going camping and stuff with friends so i enjoy that okay uh favorite type of music hmm uh, I'd say a little bit of everything, but um, I guess what I most frequent is probably like house EDM. Nice. <laughs> yeah. All right. And so if, uh, my last question for you, if you could see any band or artists live, dead or alive, still touring or not, who would it be? Mm, any band or artist. That's tough. I will DJ uh, as well. Yeah, as well. Um, man, that's hard. Uh, shoot. I don't know. I've always wanted to, like, I've always wanted to see Chris Stapleton live. Um, never had a chance to. I'd honestly like to go see anyone live at this point, <laughs> just because <laughs> of the world we're in. Um, probably, but uh, for somebody that's 
uh, not with us anymore. Uh, it would have been cool to go see Avicii because his concerts looked awesome. I saw Avicii in 2013, February 2013, right when he got really big. I was actually in D.C. at the Stadium Armory, and it was a, an amazing show. That's awesome. Yeah, the last, uh, I guess, EDM concert I was able to go to was at Echo Stage, and it was Diplo. I bet um, that was pretty fun. And it was right. It was t- 2012, I think. It was right before you know he really you know took off and then sure. separated himself from that marshmallow thing and <laughs> doing all that. But no, that was a cool concert. Oh man, Brandon, this has been a ton of fun. Uh, really enjoyed getting to know you. I got one last question here, and this one is very self-serving. Okay. Uh, so what we like to do is for guys who have like big milestone accomplishments on the horizon, we really mm-hmm. like to invite ourselves to the party for that accomplishment. So my question <laughs> to you is, can the Gas and Go Boys come to your first win party? Of course, as long as you bring beer. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. That's easy. We're, we're there. So all right. So we got Quinn Half. We got Corey LaJoy. John Wood gave us like a maybe on the Wood Brothers 100th win. So we got mm-hmm. you on the schedule. Nice. Yeah. No, hopefully, uh, hopefully that wind party will happen sooner rather than later. Hell yeah. It would, uh, it would definitely alleviate some pressures of the season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I bet. Well, man, like I said, this has been awesome, Brandon. We really appreciate your time. Definitely going to be rooting for you in 2021. Uh, and maybe, you know, we can catch up with each other at a track if people are ever allowed to see each other again. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. All right, Brandon, we'll take care, man. And, uh, good luck. Awesome. Thank you guys. Boys, I love that interview. I mean, I was a Brandon Brown fan before we spoke with him because, you know, he's from our neck of the woods. But getting to know him and realizing he's just a solid, down-to-earth dude grinding his tail off to be a top-level driver, he's kind of like us, right? We're grinding to be a top-level podcast, uh, and we're making the playoffs this year. Count on it. Anybody else have any takeaways? Yeah, I mean, you hear a guy named Brandon who drives for Brandon Built Motorsports, and you know, it could be easy to assume that this guy's got it easy. He's got the the gold brick paved path, like Corey LaJoy said. But that's not it at all, man. This guy's out trying to knock doors on his own sponsors. Um, he's probably got the, the sponsorship kit hit it our way, see what we can offer him. So, nah, man, he's a hustler like us. I got a lot of respect for it. Yeah, he's in the Corey LaJoy, you know, grinder bucket for sure. O- OKG is what I'm calling these guys. Our kind of guys here on the Gas and Go podcast. <laughs> Yeah, he definitely wears Wranglers, and I think it was pretty clear that we are invited to the after party. He's the first one to ask us to bring beer, but fortunately we know a guy. We'll hit up Thor, um, see if Right Proper can hook up some beer for his after party. Yeah, Yeah, we're bringing Thor along. I just like that, uh, you know, at that after party, we're going to be listening to a little house music, get some Avicii, Tiesto going. I am all for that. That was out of left field. I did not expect that one. <laughs> that was so shocking when he when he gave that answer. And I was so with it. Yeah. He gave uh, Chris Stapleton too, so he, he played to his roots too. So yeah, kept it down the down straight. Well, yeah, I'm glad Connor was asking those questions because Connor is our resident house music expert here on the Gas and Go <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it was just by pure luck and faith that uh, Connor was able to carry that combo around with Brandon. So 
Oh, man. All right. Well, anybody else, anything? I mean, we're we officially have a rival too, Clay Greenfield. Ooh, yeah. That's the second rivalry I think we've created here on the show. Quinn well, and Joey. Well, it kind of circled Quinn when we had him on the show, but yes. Yeah. Clay is definitely number one in our books and we will not have him on this program unless he wants to come on. Well, yeah. Oh, wait, wait. Well, yeah. Clay is a rival of the podcast, but we've got, we've got actually three rivalries now. Clay and Brandon, Quinn and Joey, and Noah and Harrison. Uh, yep. True. Yeah. We're, and we still uh, need to have Harrison on to, to square that one up with uh, Noah, maybe. That's true. Yeah. All right. Well, let's keep it moving here into stage two, where we're talking the latest in NASCAR. And for that, we need the Gas and Go news correspondent, Ryan Rhino. Over to you. Thanks, Garrett. I'm Rhino, and this is your Stage 2 Gas and Go News. Fox debuted their best season ever campaign and featured the commercial often during playoff football. Dylan, did the commercial keep your attention, and do you think it could get any non-NASCAR fans excited for the season? The first time I watched it, I was like, whoa, that was something. Then the next time, I was like, oh, okay, there it is again. And then I kind of started to tune out, but it was a good impact. I don't know, maybe, maybe it'll turn some people on, but we'll see. I'm just here so I don't get fined. Noah Gregson revealed this week that he was not Beard Motorsports' first choice to run the Daytona 500. It was, in fact, seven-time cup champion Jimmy Johnson. Connor, would you want to see uh, Jimmy back out there, or do you think he should just ride off to IndyCar? As much as I would have loved to see Jimmy out there, uh, friend of the show, Noah Gregson, is going to be perfect ride for them. I agree. Netflix released the trailer for Kevin James' hit new sitcom, The Crew, which debuts the day after the Daytona 500. Dave, did you check out the trailer? What'd you think? I'm all in. I'm not going to say I was overly impressed by the trailer, but if Kevin James is doing comedy, I'm going to watch it. I think we should reach out. I think he should come on the pod and promote it. I think it's going to be a great show. I wish Leah Remini was also involved. Let me just say that. But I'm in. Absolutely. It was announced this week that Kaz Grala will attempt the Daytona 500 for Colleague Racing. Garrett, do you think Colleague should have picked one of their full-time Xfinity guys to run, or does going with Grala make sense? Yeah, I was a little confused with that, considering they have a guy in their Xfinity roster who's won a cup race, and they have the dinger, and they got our boy Jeb Burden, but good for Kaz. Money Talks. Our close friend Joey Gase officially confirmed that he will be running for Rick Ware Racing in 2021. Dylan, where were you when you heard this news? Were you sitting down? Are you sitting down now? What's going on? Well, I was listening to you tell me this news right in front of my face, and I was hearing it back, but that's great. I love uh, Joey getting a permanent home, another friend of the program, so happy for him. Congrats, Joey. Armando Christian Perez, a.k.a. Pitbull, a.k.a. Mr. Worldwide, a.k.a. Mr. 305, has been added to Team Trackhouse ownership Connor, what do you make of this crazy news? All I got to say is just one thing. Whoa, that's wild. The Chili Bowl was this past week. Kyle Larson was able to hold off Christopher Bell and Justin Grant. Dave, as a first-time watcher, what did you think of the whole thing? He was also able to hold off my boy, Cannon McIntosh. I didn't see him. I, I didn't, was he in 10th or 11th? I was impressed. Or? 4th. I was impressed. Look, it's a, it's a fun combination of NASCAR and the rodeo. Not just because there's dirt, but just because these cars are out of control the entire time and you're just trying to hang on, which your boy Christopher Bell could not do trying to fight there for the lead. My one complaint is that pit crews are very much downplayed, especially gas men. In fact, I think it might come out of like a like a spout. Like, I'm offended. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm going to go for a second serving of chili bowl. Garrett, you were also a first time viewer. What would you think? And uh, do you have any interest in going next year? 
Chili Bowl is on the racing bucket list now. That's a that's a must attend indoors. I feel like there's a lot of merch tents or booths in that expo center. Yeah, and I'm all about some merch. So yeah, I, I gotta I gotta get there at some point. There would be a lot of ATM withdrawals in Tulsa. And that is your stage two gas and go news. I'm Rhino. Garrett, back to you. All right, thanks, Ryan. That was a good rundown. A lot of news breaking these days, man. So uh, it's it must be getting close to season. Uh, let's get let's get moving here into stage three. But before that, we need to highlight the MVP of Gas and Go Partners with our MVP, Dave. Papa Bear, give us the latest with the Racing Warehouse. Thanks, Garrett. And thanks again to the Racing Warehouse for making my life easy by coming back to sponsor the crew for another week. Going to you this week, Dill. Does anything over at theracingwarehouse.com or on their live Facebook auctions have your attention? Oh boy, Dave, I'll tell you what. Everything over there has my attention, but a few things specifically. As a guy that might not have enough room for, you know, some sheet metal, the selection that they have for some of the team clothing wear is just top notch. They have a beautiful, beautiful bush like Kevin Harvick team issued uh, crew shirt there. So I am all in on all of that. Do me a favor, Dill. Snag two of those Kevin Harvick crew shirts, one for the gas man. It will go very well with the Bushlight Kevin Harvick quarter panel that I have in my shopping cart right now. And to all our listeners, visit the Racing Warehouse near Charlotte, just 30 short minutes from Charlotte Motor Speedway in Lowell, North Carolina. TRW is your premier destination for race use sheet metal and so much more. Tell them the Gas and Go Boys sent you. Visit their newly redesigned website, theracingwarehouse.com, at TRW Gastonia on Twitter, and Facebook, of course, is where you will find the exclusive live merch auctions. Garrett, back to you. Thanks, Dave. I say it every week. I love the Racing Warehouse. If you're not checking out their gear, you're doing it wrong. And look them up on Facebook. Join the auction group. They do four to five auctions a day, literally almost every day of the week. Uh, and these are just awesome items that I think today they had a Dale Earnhardt signed used tire. So we're talking about some pretty serious merch here. Uh, and when you do sign up for that auction group, please tell them you heard about them from the gas and go boys. All right, now let's get into stage three. Dill hit it. Okay, boys, uh, we're not going to talk about Brandon Brown paint schemes today, even though those are awesome, especially the Coastal Carolina throwback one. Uh, but we are going to talk about a lot of the schemes that got released last week on the Cup Series, a lot of the new ones. Those made a lot of buzz around the social media circuit. So we want to break those down. We're going to do a paint scheme draft. So there were five main schemes released last week. I think uh, Alex Bowman... William Byron, Bubba Wallace, our boy Anthony Alfredo, and Martin Truex Jr. Kurt Busch also had his release, but it was just the normal monster scheme again. So, Dill, you'll be happy about that. But five schemes, five of us. I'm going to draw a random name out of my hat here for the top pick, and we're going to go down the line. So, the first pick will be Dave. 
I don't know how I feel about first pick here. It's a little bit embarrassing. You get third or fourth. There are fewer to choose from. But I have to be honest that my favorite of the reveals was the number 24, William Byron Chevrolet. I thought the matte black base with the gloss colors just popping on top. Um, it was a nice homage to Jeff Gordon, who I never cared for, but like retrospectively can respect. Um, it's just a really, really well done paint scheme. So I'm giving daves.com not to be confused with dave.com. <laughs> daves.com is going on the 24 William Byron Chevrolet. Oh man, that was uh that was a surprise first pick from me there, Papa Bear. Uh I did not think you were gonna go with the 24. Um, but yeah, I can see you on that one. All right. Next pick out of the hat. Here we go. We've got Rhino. Which scheme you taking? Well, I'm gonna stay in the HMS family and I'm gonna go with the ally uh, Alex Bowman number 48. I think they knocked this one out of the park. The last year's I wasn't a huge fan of, but I think they really got it right now, especially with that nice uh, touch of teal to kind of break up the black and purple. And they also worked in that 48 with the yellow numbers from Jimmy just to kind of pay homage to him. So I think they did a really good job with that car. I got a question for you, boys. Okay. This is definitely the best looking bank paint scheme ever done. Do you think that is in response to us calling out all of the other crappy bank paint schemes a couple weeks ago? 100%. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the math is there. <laughs> the gas and go crew are making things happen in the NASCAR world. I mean, that I, I agree. That was a good looking car and it was a bank. So good for you, Ally. Okay, third pick. Here we go. We've got Connor. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have to go with the number 19, Reese's Fine Foods. And because they are, they go along with my favorite category, snack food-ish. They don't necessarily make snack foods, but they make great sides, pasta salad, potato salad. They make dips, which are fantastic. And actually the color of the car looks pretty nice too. I like the black and the red. It, it's done very well. That was a nice one. That that uh, container of potato salad there on the side was a little weird, but that definitely goes into... Love potato salad. <laughs> That's definitely your thing, so I can see you picking that. All right. This is coming down to the final two. You and me here, Garrett. Here we go. It is Dill. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, the only two options make this choice pretty easy because I cannot pick that green 38 speedy cash car. So I'll take the Bubba 23 XI reveal with the DoorDash. I like the hood of it. I think that's my favorite part. The D that just the very big, you know, logo mark D on the hood, clean and simple. That was nice. The sides look like a, you know, I don't know. They look like a normal race car. There's nothing, nothing really there that I'm drawn to, but it doesn't look bad, but it doesn't look great. And I'll take that. So I like the hood. We're there with the D. Bubba 23 on my bumper sticker this week. All right. Four out of five here. I mean, I was pretty disappointed in this paint scheme. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I don't know if Michael Jordan's shoe designers have been removed from the process, but it just left a lot to be desired. They're, they're definitely not involved. I, I, like, I think Dave texted us this week saying he feels – like Jordan's less and less involved the more and more this goes. And I agree with that statement. It just, it, this is a, like DoorDash probably designed this car, or, you know, something like that. It's, 
it, it was kind of standard. There's yeah. nothing special here for a first big reveal of this car. You thought they might be do something, but very standard. It's decidedly fine, right? But you get Michael Jordan involved, who has just the best looking apparel in the business. If you go on his website, it is exceedingly clean design. To put on a fine race car just isn't good enough. Yeah, Dave, I, I mean, I don't know why they didn't just use the font from Michael Jordan's Bulls jerseys for the 23. That font on the 23, I mean, it, it looks Do you think like- he owns that font? Do you think he owns that font? He certainly the Bulls could. own that font? Yeah. yeah. Jordan could own Microsoft not. Word if he wanted to. <laughs> no, you can own a font for sure. Yeah, the, the Bulls own that font. He's not getting that font. And I was told oh, by Dave on I was told by Dave on episode two of this podcast that if Michael Jordan's gonna be part of this, everything's gonna be awesome, everything's gonna be cool, they're gonna win every race. And that has not been true so far. Yeah, no. I'm gonna need the receipts on winning every race, but yeah, I mean, I think that 23 would have been great, but clearly Michael Jordan knows a few graphic designers, right? I'm not saying he needed to draw it himself. Refer your guys, like Bubba, Denny. You got a guy paying the bills who knows design. Hit him up. Imagine if the car looked like a shoe. That would be cool. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The Air Force One car is going to be unreal. That'd be sweet. The 2311 team did not take our boy Bradley Sisson over with them, uh, the graphic designer from Richard Petty Motorsports, because his DoorDash cars were a lot better than this. I mean, you know, whatever. We're we're beating a dead horse here. Let's let's move on. If we don't like it, let's let's hope the next one is better. Although we we do. Uh, who who called DoorDash on the hood for the Daytona 500? There was Dave did and yeah. and Dill. All right. Well, congrats. Oh, there. I, mean, I don't know. I, I don't know why. Connor. And I believe uh, I guess I did. his DoorDash car at at Richard Petty didn't have the black. So I mean, I like that addition. I could be wrong, but I think black is more prominently featured now. But yeah, just yeah. underwhelming. Yeah, yeah. Especially for the Daytona 500 car, like you had to bring out your fastball, and they went 78 mile per hour changeup right down the right down the plate. <laughs> it, was, it was not an aggressive first move. No, I, I don't know why PetSmart didn't get on board. If you follow Bubba on Instagram, every single post he has on there is with his dog. It, it's just like a match made of heaven. And PetSmart has no like. Uh, Air Bud was probably the last big you know <laughs> spokesperson for PetSmart, so. I'm still pissed about that, but all right, there's all right, no rules that pick. say a dog can't drive a car in NASCAR. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the fifth pick, which leaves me with uh, Anthony Alfredo's 38 Speedy Cash car. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty green, and it's got the Speedy Cash logo on the hood, and that is a logo that needs a rework. So that's all I'm going to say about the Speedy Cash 38 car. <laughs> well, I the, I don't get the numbers that are like. Speaking of font, the 38 that they have on that car is, I know it was there before him. It's, I just hate it. It's so ugly. Oh, it's, it's a horrible. bad 38. Yeah, they needed to hit bold on that one. Somebody left it uh, unbolded by accident. It's like someone hit control B. Yeah. Is this a missed opportunity for Ragu, Prego, the large pasta sauce companies should have jumped on board with our boy, Anthony Alfredo? It's a match made in heaven. That's a good call. Totally I think he agree. was trying to get uh, Barilla on there. I saw some some Twitter movement last week. Ooh, he was trying to get them. Cool. So Would have been better. All right. Well, I think we've exhausted stage three this week. Well, hopefully next week we'll get some more reveals. And I think 
I think there's some on the horizon I've, I've heard scuttlebutt about. So that's all we've got for this week, folks, though. Uh, another episode in the books, another awesome guest, another week that we've got the racing warehouse on board. Some would say we're on a roll and we're going to keep that rolling into next week. So next week will be our last off-season episode. I'm using air quotes on off-season. Before we start getting into our 2021 preview episodes, we're going to do a 2021 season preview episode, and then we're going to do a Daytona 500 preview episode. So we've got special guests lined up for both of those. That should be fun. But we've also got a special guest for next week as well. Ryan, tell the people who is joining Gas & Go next week. Daniel Hemrick said in 2018 that he would not go vegan for a month in exchange for the number one pit stall in one race. Mm, that is a interesting, interesting take. <laughs> That's right. Daniel Hemrick, if you didn't get that, is our special guest for next week. Daniel is going to be in the number 18 car in the Xfinity series for Joe Gibbs Racing. That should be a lot of fun. Can't wait to catch up with Daniel, see how... Uh, this change in manufacturers and teams and everything is going to uh, how he sees it going. So that again, tune in next week for that conversation. You know, we don't skimp on guests here on the gas and go podcast. All right. So Daniel is another heavy hitter for us. Come back next week for that one. In the meantime, please subscribe where you listen, rate and review. If you're on Apple podcasts, it's easy. It takes five seconds. Let us know if you want a gas and go decal, original logo, and the white hot version available. One for three dollars, two for five dollars, best deal around. And also hit us up if you want to talk about anything, really. I mean, DMs are always open at Podcast Gas. Our boy Larry knows that. Email is gas and go podcast at gmail.com. And as always, keep grinding out there. We'll keep grinding along with you, and we'll see you next week. Is there anything you guys are going vegan for or uh, will go vegan for a month for? Absolutely $10,000? Yeah, I would do it. Now, I could probably do it for $10,000. Add a zero. I would go vegan for a month if Valentine's Day could get moved from the Daytona 500. That that, that would be awesome. So you don't have to fight that battle. <laughs> Ooh, Ryan's first Valentine's Day as a married man. That's tough, man. I, I've been told that Valentine's Day ends at 3 p.m. And then anything after 3 p.m., that's just February 14th. There you go, man. Good for you. That's what I've been told. Yep. Dave, you going vegan for a month to get Dale Jr. on the podcast? One-on-one oh, in- interview, ju- just you and him? Look, Dale Jr., if you're listening, the answer is yes. But that's just so you know how important it is, all right? You are a man of the people, and you would want me to be able to eat a ribeye on Friday night. But yeah, man, if that's what you want, sure. Let's talk <laughs> what about, about what about one week for Chocolate Myers? The vegan is rough, man. Peanut butter like, sandwiches the whole week. <laughs> Baby we cereal with ground beef, all right? <laughs> <laughs> Or milk, which is also non-vegan. <laughs> <laughs> I think right, if whatever. I have milk and ground beef, they cancel each other out. So Ooh. maybe, maybe I could do it. Yeah. Well, tune in next week to see if that happens. We'll see you next week. This for everybody going through tough times. Believe me, been there, done that. But every day above ground is a great day. Remember that. I know